reach for the sky, boy. Rolex work. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Doing the Favorite Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at EricBrown740. But, of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at Doing the Favor. With me, as always, he's the sexual, intellectual, double H, the Husky Heartthrob, leader of the Husky Army, and a man who is freezing his little Bojangles up off there in Wisconsin, my man, Barry Frost. Barry, how you doing, homie? Uh, it's six below right now. Oh. Uh, tomorrow, going to be 18 below, and that's without windchill. Uh, schools are already canceled. So, I mean, I'm I'm prepared. Well, very, very special fucking show this week. I am so excited. I saw this man made a tweet that his favorite Royal Rumble was 1990. I said, you know what? I was on his show recently. Maybe he should be on ours to talk about this Royal Rumble, do a watch along. He is the co-host. Of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. He is the number one Chicago White Sox fan I know. He does have a viral picture on the internet of the background of me and Jeff too for fully posable. Our friend, <laughs> Steve Fountain. Steve, how you doing, homie? Doing good. Uh, much like Barry. Freezing. It's currently in Chicago. Let's pull up the old weather app here. We are above zero. We are two degrees. Low tonight at about oh. minus eight without wind chill. So... It'll be a little bit colder, but I think Barry wins for tonight. But we're going to warm up and head back to the year 1990 tonight. It's going to be fun. So, yeah, I was very excited. So I saw you make this tweet. I'm like, you know what? And I, I was confused. I, I talked last week. Now, is correct me if I'm wrong. Your favorite Royal Rumble pay-per-view is not this one. It's 91. Is that correct? No, that's Eric's. Eric Sanchez. Okay, I got it mixed up. The pay-per-view... I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Probably it's been, it's probably 92 as the pay-per-view as a whole, just because of the Piper uh, Mountie match, but the rumble match itself, it's this one we're going to watch tonight. And before we get started, I always like to do with our guest. Uh, where was Steve at? Where were you when this mm-hmm. pay-per-view happened? So 1990, I was six years old, five or six. I must've been six years old. And this was one that this was about a year before I was watching regularly. I was watching wrestling when I can figure out when it was on because we didn't know. It was just, oh, Superstars is on or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what it is. Is I, I'm pretty, By the way, I'm pretty sure my kids' schools called me telling me that their school's canceled tomorrow, so that's fun. Um, but this was a tape renter over and over and over again, for sure, because Rumbles were always tape renters. But when, in 1990, I was just discovering when wrestling was on Right around WrestleMania 7, right after Rumble 91, is when I'm watching regularly. So this was kind of a fun going back in time uh, to put pieces together of storylines and stuff when I was a kid. Uh, Barry, were you watching at this time? Uh, yeah, I was watching um, uh, fanatically. You know, I was seven. So I was hardcore into this. Um, not so much the WWF, but I was NWA. Um, but I would, if it was wrestling, I was watching it. Um, 
it was like 1995. You had the gray cable box. Of course, my grandparents would not let us get it. So I hopped and skipped down the street to my uncle's house, who was a drunk, and he would order them. And it was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was very fortunate that my uh, father and grandfather sold illegal satellites yeah. and these scrambler boxes. So we had all the pay-per-views. I'm sure all the boxing fights. I was very spoiled in that regard. Uh, I did watch this. I don't have a lot of recall from watching it. The first one I really like was invested in was like 92. But I was real big on the uh, Ultimate Warrior, obviously, as an Intercontinental Champion. This leading into WrestleMania six. So just by basically watching the TVs and reading the magazines and talking to the kids at school, I think I was in fourth grade, I want to say. Yeah, and this is, you know, fourth grade, nine, ten years old is what you talk about. You know what I mean? So And, and this that is, definitely... is also allegedly Big Dennis and your grandpa were selling Illegal set. That's a legend. Long past statute of limitations on that. Big Dennis will go in here and he'll tell you how he did it. <laughs> Once everything went digital, everything in the past from analog was okay. You could talk about everything illegal stuff we did. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Steve, I know we're going to watch on the yes. Peacock. We have it set up at 126.55. So if you're listening, if you are going to watch along with us, set up at 126.55. I also mm-hmm. say it's not necessary. You can listen to us in the car and probably still enjoy this a lot. Uh, are we going to miss anything from the uh, VHS version, of, which I'm sure you have, just yeah. in the Royal Rumble? Now, we're going yeah. to start with the intros. That's what we're going to start. Yeah, I'm sure there's Coliseum exclusives, and, of course, there's the the Hasbro's and stuff. I haven't watched the Coliseum version in a bit. This is one – I think we all have those wrestling shows, which is like, all right, I'm trying, I can't sleep. Put something on the background. It's okay if I fall asleep, too. So this is one – I would fall asleep to a lot and still kind of do it's this and basically anywhere from anywhere from 90 to like 92 WWF I'll pop on and Jesse Ventura and Tony Schiavone will put, would put me to sleep many nights here. That's awesome. All right. I'm going to give us a little countdown and say the P word. If you guys are ready, we're going to go in three, two, one play. Okay. We got, we got to earthquake and Dino and Jimmy. Which is great. You got Earthquake, the early incarnation. He's got the Canadian flag on his trunks right there. Yeah. And I always talk about Jimmy Hart. I think it's just next level how he had a different jacket every time he came out for his wrestlers. They were always impeccable. I think that's like very understated. Yeah. He had like the, this isn't really a, the, the airbrush jackets he had later on. It is a little bit, but those are like, remember the fairs and the carnivals? And mm-hmm. as a kid, like all the airbrush crap from stuff. Mm-hmm. There's demolition, by the way. That's what, that's what Jimmy always reminds me of. Jimmy Hart wanted to come to my wedding. Uh, one of my friends. <laughs> no, 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 time out, time out. You can't just bury the lead and casually tell a story. How did Jimmy Hart almost end up at your wedding? So one of my friends thought it'd be a joke. He heard a thing of Ric Flair did weddings at the time, I think is what it was. So he's like, okay. I don't know how he landed on Jimmy Hart. I don't know if he was watching Legends House. He's like, I bet that guy would do it. Kind of type of thing. But I think he found him on Twitter or something, found his email and emailed him and gave him my email address. Of course, the wife didn't approve, but every once once a while, lead up to the wedding, I probably got five or six emails saying, hey, baby, Jimmy Hart's ready to do your wedding if you want to have Jimmy Hart there. What does like, a no, Jimmy, sorry, Hart, Jimmy Hart, what does a Jimmy Hart charge for an appearance? I didn't even get that far. Okay. Uh, as soon as I told Rachel that TJ messaged Jimmy Hart, she said no. I didn't even finish the sentence. She said no. It had to be a plane ticket and a thousand. No, more, he I, eats real maybe. weird, too. Like, he only eats baked potatoes and things like that, so. Would he have been from, bored? He'd have been coming from Memphis or from Florida. I think he's down in Florida. He's got that old tiki bar down there. I think, right? Yeah, 
And he's Hulk Hogan's manager, basically. Carries his bag. Speaking of managers, we got Sapphire and Dusty. The gig marks on Dusty's arms. On his arms. It's like (laughs) a book is for the NWA. I want to be here for Vince, right? It's like Abdul the Butcher's forehead on Dusty's arms. Here you got Marty Jannetty. He's a normal person, right? He doesn't say anything (laughs) weird on social media these days at all. Absolutely. I didn't talk about killing people or sleeping with his daughters or none of that shit. He's a completely well-adjusted human being. Pre-eyes uh, crossed Shawn Michaels we got here. Yeah, this is pre-getting jumped by the Marines. And here's a fully blown-up Hercules. Barry, is he full? He's full, brother. He's full. Also, I, from what I understand, Michaels' did, eyes weren't crossed from the Marines. He talked about it in the... Remember that Rivalries DVD Blu-ray stuff that came out him versus Bret mm-hmm. Hart? It was like a sit-down where you know, Bret Hart was like, yeah, well, Sean was basically a piece of shit. And then yeah. and then Sean's like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I was. I was a piece of shit. Yeah. And, uh, but he says in the, one of the outtakes that Kane, like, kicked him and, like, it happened. And he was like, Sean was like, I get it fixed, but I don't care. He's like, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I don't see it. I can't tell the difference. So apparently Kane did it to Sean. We could all tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And by the way, Steve, dead on Sean and Michael's impersonation, right? That was so, that was <laughs> current Sean. He's like, Ugh. he just <laughs> my favorite wrestler, him and Brett, my two favorites like of all time, him, Brett, and like Austin, like one, two, three, tied. But they're all ridiculous in their own way. I, we always like on this Broken Skull sessions on the network or Peacock or whatever. Every time Austin says something, his hands go up really wise. Like that's just the way it was. <laughs> like it's really like excited. Yeah, it cracks me up every time. There's Tito with his merch shirt. That shirt's worth like a thousand dollars now. Right. Here's Jimmy Snooker. I'm not going to say anything inappropriate here. I was going to because let Jimmy he Snuka he his murdered thing. his girlfriend on my birthday. <laughs> In 1980, whatever, eight tenth, whatever, 1983 or whatever, eighty two birthday. So the day you were like born. born. Uh, was the day you were born. I think it was eighty three. It happened. Okay. 80, 80, eh, 82 or 83. If it was 82, it was on my birthday, like That's the day right. I was born. There, There's the, I remember I did the dance? There it is. He does that. Yes. No, you guys, Steve, this is your first time seeing sure. the video. You will get the African dream dance, though. That's Barry right. will get to talking, and you will see some visuals come from that point. We should be on YouTube at some point. <laughs> uh, here, here, Speaking of being full, here's the, the ultimate warrior. Speaking nonsense. He's got the puffed up hair, lots of hairspray going on there. White nipples. Oh yeah, it's, this is this is peak Ultimate Warrior here. This this is the figure that came out where everyone called it the Candy Corn Warrior. It's the one that came out the like the Royal Rumble set where he comes with yellow title and then all this stuff. So it's yeah, pretty cool. yeah, pretty accurate. It's not display in look my case. His, look at his arms. Like What'd his you veins are. Think of uh, his, what do you think of Warrior's different colored strap title belts? He's got the yellow IC I, here. I like, I'm not quite as old school as Barry, so you'll probably get a different answer from him. I like personalized belts for uh, wrestlers. I think it's cool. I think that the like the spinner belt should have just been seen as deal. You know, I, I'm I'm actually fine with that. I think it's good marketing, especially the way people buy belts and things like that. Now, obviously, they weren't probably thinking about that then. I don't think they were selling little yellow toy Hasbro belts. I could be wrong. No. But I, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not opposed to it at all. I I actually liked it for for those certain guys because it wasn't everyone that did it. Right. Yeah. It was just like the warrior 
Uh, I think Shawn Michaels had a different colored belt. White. And then when the Warrior won the heavyweight title, he had the light blue, baby blue North Carolina strap. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't, yeah, I I was cool with, if it was a certain person that did it at the time, it was unique. And you were like, okay, that is like symbolic with him, you know. Jesse Ventura's got his Mickey Mouse sweatshirt on here. And like, he's got, you know, the shoe, the classic bald guy shoehorn head. And his aviators, he would look like just a dad at Disney World. There's Eric's boy. Macho King? That's my guy <laughs> right here, yeah. Uh, obviously, and we just saw Tony Schiavone and um, Jesse. Tony had a short-lived run in WWE. Uh, Steve, what do you think about it? So I wasn't watching week to week at the time. But when I would go back on tapes and stuff, I was very confused at why the guy on WCW Saturday Night was on mm. WWF. It was, again, it was putting together kind of the timeline without the internets, figuring out when guys were where. And right. I, I, I've grown to appreciate Shivani a lot. During the Monday Night Wars, I hated him because I was a you know, huge WWF defender and apologist, so I hated Shivani. Because right. he used to say, he used to annoy me, he's like, this is the biggest night in our sport. And that would piss me off. Like, no, it's the biggest night in WCW because the WWF <laughs> is bigger than this. So, yeah, miniature me is furious. 96, 97. That's a good point, you know, because people talk about, like, tribalism and things like that mm-hmm. happen today. And that shit actually did fucking happen back oh, then. It was intense. Yeah. It was intense. Speaking of intense, the powers of pain yes. here. Warlord Fuji, Barbarian. This the is... originator being fool, right, Barry? <laughs> There it is. This is pre my yaka, Yakazuma, Mr. Fuji. My Yakazuma. Now, we don't have the audio on here, obviously, but mm-hmm. if you guys need to turn us down and listen to this, I don't blame you one bit because Jake with camera going to a rumble is always money. <laughs> What's crazy about Jake is obviously he's been through so much and he always talked low, but as he's gotten older, like it's gotten more raspy and more low, but that's just like his natural voice now. Like, yeah. I was, like, this Hall of Fame speech. He was like, yeah, yeah. Just, like, smacks his gums. Everything is, I, it's not funny. Because he joked something. He's like, yeah, I, I I blew my, like, career on women and drugs. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. He's, it's not funny. And it got yeah. real uncomfortable in the Hall of Fame ceremony real quick. Yeah, you hear stories about him just being a weird guy. But I liked, even the stuff in AEW with uh, Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like some of it was kind of goofy and you tell he'd been removed for whatever. Every once in a while, he was calling Cody Caesar and things like that. I thought that was pretty good. The only thing that's weird about him and AEW with Archer is he's just as tall as Lance Archer. Yeah. So it kind of like, and Archer's a big guy too, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't you have a condom hat like Jim Neville Nightheart does, Barry? I, I, yeah, I thought about it. I thought the about reservoir it. tip. <laughs> that's I mean, what like it looks peaky like. blinders out here. There you go. Here we got Wayne Ferris. I hear Jimmy Hart again. Jimmy Hart is working overtime tonight. He's earning whatever money he's getting. Uh, Jerry Lawler's cousin. First cousin, you know. He's got a new jacket on for the Honky Talk Man. He does. The funny thing about Jimmy Hart is, so I listen to their podcast a lot called The Our Vantage Point, and they, they have a theme about Jimmy Hart, how Jimmy Hart's a face. All he does is cheer for his guys. You're the best, baby. You're number one. Mm-hmm. And then when he's a good guy, he's the, he's the same character. You're the best, Hulk. You're the best, baby. So he's a, he's a face. Oh, Here's Hogan. Winged Eagle. Now, are you mad at Hogan? Up. Are you <clears throat> mad at Hulk here? Why are you so mad? He's He's got his hood on. I'm okay. not. I'm not. I'm not a Hogan guy. I'm ever. Never have been. Never. Ever. Ever. I even back when I was a kid, 
I will I would go to the grave saying that he had lust in his eyes for Liz. I was I was that kid. <laughs> and growing up and then you goes into adulthood where you see his current things he says and things he's done and just kind of like, okay, this guy's a piece of shit. Well, but I understand. I understand he's Babe Ruth. I understand he's a lot of people's Michael Jordan. I understand his impact on wrestling. I'm not denying that. He basically, like, you can. My aunt would say, oh, that thing Hulk Hogan does if I said pro wrestling today. You know what I mean? I understand his impact. That doesn't mean I have to fucking like it. That's, but that's every, like, like if you talk to like any, like, mom or I guess even dad or whoever that doesn't watch wrestling and, oh, and you, they find out you're a wrestling fan. Oh, you watch that WrestleMania stuff? Is Hulk Hogan still doing it? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the response you'll get. Like, yeah, he's 73. He is. He's hobbling out to the ring. Pumping iron. I will say, in Bret Hart's book, have you, both of you guys read Bret's book? Oh, yeah. All right. So, Bret buries everyone over and over, including Hogan, but he does point out, that Hulk would, would always, always take time for any kid that was at the arena, like sick kids or whatever. So he's the John Cena of the era. Well, I guess there is a little silver lining to the mm-hmm. shit storm cloud that Listen, his life became. <laughs> racist can be nice, I guess, is the lesson Bret Hart wanted to tell us. <laughs> right. And I'm not knocking anyone who likes Hulk Hogan. I, I'm not that guy. I understand he we is. all have our nostalgic he memories. <laughs> he's knocking you. But, you, I mean, you know. I do think it's possible to separate what you see on TV from sure. what transpires. Other Look places. at the haircuts in the crowd here. Those are great yes. mullets. Now, are we going to see Hasbro's being uh, shown up here? You know, I, we've talked about this. I think Pulley Poles, but it was become a thing. Do you think they were selling those at the merch stand or were people bringing oh, yeah. their toys with them? I think they were selling them at the merch they stand. Were sell- yeah, they were selling them at the merch stands. The kids are just ripping them open. Like I got to open this now and play with oh, it. Yeah, that's what you did when you were a kid, right? Sure, sure. Got the foam fingers and all that stuff. I always like when I look at stuff like this. These old shows. I'm a weird person. I'll see like people in the crowd and there'll be a family, and I'll think to myself like the story of how they got there. Like, okay, this kid begged his dad for like two months, take me to the Rumble Day. Like, I don't want to go to that fake bullshit. His mom's like, you got to take him. Okay, I'll go. And it became a whole thing, and they're excited they're there. And that kid probably remembers it forever, being here. Here comes, here comes number one, D.B. Aussie. But, you know, Steve, I get what you're saying totally. <laughs> a lot of times I look at this old stuff, especially these bigger events like this, and I'm like, this person I'm seeing on TV, like these people with their thumbs down have a lifelong memory, you <laughs> know what I mean, of just a different perspective of what we're seeing here. And that's amazing. That's, yeah. that's really cool. I get what you're saying. Yeah, they're showing some guy was there with look like his girlfriend. He's hoping for some action after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the night the LOD debuted in the WWF on I think it was Wrestling Challenge or Superstars, and Huntington, West Virginia, I was there. And I actually the radio station was giving away they gave away eight ticket eight two packs of tickets, and. Uh, we only had four people in our family that would go, but I had to win seven of the eight packs. And mm-hmm. the only reason I didn't win the other ones because I was at school. <laughs> <laughs> what did you have to do? Like, was it trivia How'd, or just yeah, call it? Yeah, it was trivia. Okay. And that was, you know, that's that's a wrap. And yeah, I think, Steve, <laughs> uh, Portsmouth, Ohio, small town radio station, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Not a lot of people were calling in and answering the wrestling questions at that mm-hmm. time, I guess. Yeah, very ra- I, I literally had me call. My grandma had to call, and I'm mm-hmm. giving her the answers. It was a whole to-do. 
were they hard questions or was it something that an average well, fan would Well, again, there's, there was no internet at the time. Yeah. So it would be like, so who was, you know, the third WWF champion, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you would just, you know. Was the third? Now, was it Pedro Morales? Third WWF champion off the top of my head? I think it is. It was Buddy Rogers. And then eh, Bruno and then Ivan Koloff. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Steve, uh, Steve I, I want you to have as much fun with Barry as possible because okay. I'm I'm going to gas him <laughs> up a little bit here. I, I think one of our best assets we have on our show is this walking encyclopedia I have yep. as a co-host. And it's <laughs> unbelievable. The man has never drank. He's never smoked. He's all he's done is consumed sports entertainment and sports his entire life and just an encyclopedic memory of it all it's incredible do you remember do you guys ever watch married with children oh yeah okay al touchdown bundy four touchdowns in one game so you remember it was one episode where kelly became smart but every time she learned something new something else would leave her head (laughs) yeah i was wondering if ready for that sports show yeah oh there goes coco there goes coco with the worst face paint in the history of time go ahead steve i'm sorry but every time is that like barely every time you learn something like a new wrestling thing like a general fact falls out so by the time you're like 60 you're not gonna be able to learn how to drive remember to drive anymore Just if, I, if i make 60 steve i will <laughs> i'll be thrilled hey louis anderson almost made 70 so you'll be all right that's true very generic countdown clock here do we, we didn't have do we have intro music yet no I don't believe okay. so. And I think Martin I kind of like Eddie? that. This is very like raw, like pardon the phrase, but like raw, like nuts and bolts, like very like early, like giant production that WWE does. This is just like a normal paper they had. They didn't know Royal Rumble was going to turn into what it did. Like there's no like stipulation for winning the Royal Rumble here. You know what I mean? Like it's just, which as a kid, I was always something like, why would you want to win this? Right. <laughs> It was the prestige. Right. It was a big match. It was a pay-per-view. It was a big match. Steve, were you very happy with the uh, edit I made today? I put you over Ted DiBiase. I, yeah, it was just, I think I looked the best on the edit of the, the poster you made. Clearly, was, yeah. Was, why, do, why do I get the cartoon head? And, and you well, guys get your two. Am I that ugly that we're using? Well, no, the here's the thing. Here's the problem. Because I used to rip pictures off of Facebook, right? But I'm not on Facebook anymore. So I have a very limited yeah, selection. True. So the one picture I do have of you is very like small and it's not very good. Like it's kind of grainy if I put it up and trying to fit me on Macho Man was impossible, especially the way mm-hmm. I, I have a very like free little Photoshop deal. So kind of it being bad is kind of the charm of it. <laughs> the referee Joey Morell out there, Gorilla's boy. Sky point. Yeah. Referees. We got Danny Davis, Earl Hebner, Joey Morella, Shane Stevens. Uh, commentators, Giovanni, Jesse Ventura, ring announcer, Howard Finkel, interviewers, Gene Oakland, and Sean Mooney. Now, Barry, would, would you, were you watching any of the Mid-South stuff with Ted before he came yeah. to the WWF? Okay. Yep. I've gone back and watched some of that stuff. And a few years back, WWE put out the best of Mid-South wrestling, like Blu-ray set. It's mm-hmm. awesome, by the way, if someone wants to grab it. And like his stuff was so good. He was just really, really good besides just being this awesome character he became, but as a wrestler, he was awesome. Well, if you, if you ever listen to Ricky Morton talk, um, he gives full credit to DiBiase and Dr. Death, uh, for the rock and roll express, getting their jobs in Crockett. Cause that's who they wrestled at the Superdome. And he said, uh, you could never print a finer, uh, million dollar bill than what they made us look that night. So, I mean, they must have 
put them over huge. Here comes Jake with uh, is this. Da- this is Damien, right? Yep. Yeah. This is before Earthquake sat on him. Right. Make Quake burgers. Quake burgers <laughs> with his yeah, hat, no. all happy. I think that like the cartoony stuff and the like the I, I call it like comic book style of wrestling is kind of like what this is looking back. But because I enjoyed it as a kid so much, I have so much like nostalgia nostalgic memories for it. But if I saw it on TV today, I'd probably shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because I'm that cynic. I'm that old. Well, don't maybe, get old. It fucks you up. Maybe, but you got to realize too, these guys aren't overexposed as much as they would be today, just because of the amount exactly. of time they're on TV. Well, you remember we we watched the 97 run when you remember Jake coming out there. He's 300 pounds. He's right here. He's in shape. He looks good. You know, you're going to get that short arm clothesline. Especially to Steve's point, like people complain about like seeing like they have rematches on Raw all the time. Like what the fuck else are they supposed to do? They got three hours of television. I know you can get creative, but eventually you're going to have to run some shit back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But uh, that's where they got away from the carpenters, the job guys. Yeah. People don't want to see that no more. You you no. can't put Barry Horowitz out there and fucking Barry Hardy and there is there is room for for the current product wise in WWE at least to kind of do some fresh matchups. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, do we need to see the Usos New Day wrestle again? I, I guess right. we do. Uh, do we need to see Roman and Brock again? I, I guess we do. So there, there is spots to kind of figure it out for new people. Oh, the Macho King just snuck it in looks here. Fucking fantastic here, by the way. Look this at is a different getup for him. So you're going long pants, which is what he was doing with the Macho King. But you're getting a headband here, and you're getting some arm sleeves, which we haven't seen too often, up to the elbow. And Must- I mean, just very colorful. This is so 1990. I am, yeah, this is a fantastic look for him. I, he should have gone to it more, actually. I think it's dope. He's tan as hell too. He yeah, must have like great. came down like a bat at hell. The camera didn't even catch him running to the ring. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a professional athlete, a legit professional athlete. I was gonna say a little bit of an athlete. A little bit. I mean, one of the best athletes they probably had in the company at the time. Like, I mean, he could have been if he. I don't know. He wasn't quite that good, but I mean, he was at one time on the path to be a major league baseball player. Well, yeah, you know, but that's... what broke his shoulder and he had to learn mm-hmm. to throw the opposite hand and. That sounds like carny wrestling stuff. I don't know if I still yeah, buy that story. I've always thought that too. But the idea of um he now he grew up with somebody who went on to actually coach in the league, I want to say, or play with somebody in the minors who ended up doing a couple of things. I think Ron Washington actually. Yeah. I think that's who it is. But he said all he did every day was just hit a tire with a baseball bat. And mm-hmm. that's how he got all his core strength. If you think about the recoil that you would get and how the, the stiff stop. I know Steve, you did you play baseball growing up, Steve? Yeah. And I you kind of know what I'm talking about. They hit a yeah. tire, you get that stiff stop. What that would do to your core and everything, that, that had to be. I never even thought about that as a workout until I saw that on DVD. That's incredible. And the pop was his family. They grew up a couple towns over from where I'm at now here in Illinois. Nice. Suburb, yeah, and Donner's it, Grove. Here comes Piper. He was, uh, he, he was born in Columbus. Here, here mm-hmm. comes yep. Piper. He was born in Columbus. I think it was, and they've talked about like building a statue here and everything, but I seriously think they were just driving through. <laughs> yeah, but his 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 dad had the like the world rec Guinness World Record for setups. Setups, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone would be opposed to a Macho Man statue in downtown Columbus in the short north, would they? No, that'd be it'd, it'd be amazing. It'd be dope. You have four Hall of Famers in the ring here, by the way. Right. Yeah. That's, that's and incredible. 
two of them are alive and two of them aren't. That's and I think, I think uh, 10 years ago, before it even passed, if you were to guess, Jake would not be the one of the ones surviving left. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible. Look him, at him setting that spot up. Yeah, him, Scott Hall, you know what I mean? Guys that we didn't think were long for this world. Now they're here. It's a pretty great thing. Shout out DDP. Mm-hmm. X-Pac. Oh, by the way, so I found everyone's going nuts in the card game and everything, obviously. And uh, I unpacked, I had an unopened box of just some of those WrestleMania Heritage cards from, I think, 1990, actually. Oh, nice. And in it, I found what I'm going to consider the Diamond Dallas Page rookie card because it is DDP driving the Cadillac and Rhythm and Blues in it. And DDP is in the card or on the card. So I'm going to start that and make that thing worth a shitload of money like the Rocks rookie card was. Now, what year? 1990 Heritage? Yeah. It was like the WrestleMania collect set or whatever. They're not worth much. They're it's it was like a they're not they're basically all WrestleMania highlights cards basically. Yeah. But one of them is DDP driving the Cadillac with rhythm and blues in it. You know that actually is something that could. I'm looking at the card right now actually. Mm-hmm. It's like a three dollar card. But what's funny was like the Rock's Bendem was like that too, right? Like I yeah. got it at a toy store for ten dollars. Then all of a sudden, somebody decided one day that the back cutout card was his true rookie card. <laughs> yeah. And I sold that thing for like $200. Yeah. And it just out of nowhere. That was like somebody tweeted, like, what the hell's going with the Rock Bendham? And they're like, oh, that's the rookie card. And like, literally, Steve, you might just add $200 of value to that card. That'd be dope. Well, if he shows up at WrestleCon this year, I think I'm going to head down there. I'm going to have DDP sign it. Make it up. I've DDP noticed- is. He might be my, 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 our most famous follower on Twitter, actually. Really? He does follow us. He has liked a few of our things. He does respond to DMs. Yeah, okay. I'm, not, I'm not like DMing him like a madman. I'm like, congratulations on getting engaged and shit like that. And he's like, thanks, man. It's great. You know, this, he's a really, really, he doesn't follow like a ton of people. Like, you mm-hmm. think you follow like 25, 30,000. He doesn't. So that was pretty cool. Did you buy his yoga? Is that why he follows you? Uh, I bought the yoga after. Okay. I have the app. Uh, yeah, after he was nice. Yeah, there you go. I have <laughs> the I app. I've like, used it. I used it once in a I while. I think he, he like made a tweet, and I like responded. like He did something like great, I'm sure he did. And I was like, dude, good for you. The world's so much better with you in it, yada, 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 or whatever. Because I truly believe that. You know, He's impacting mm-hmm. people's lives in an amazing way. And he followed us. And I was like, that's that's amazing. You didn't have to do that. I wonder where Diamond Dallas Page could have fit in the 1990 WWF because he was starting to be a, a manager. He was still, I think, in 90, because he didn't start in W. Barry, when did he start in WCW Wrestling? 93? Who's this, DDP? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, no. Because he was managing the Freebirds in 91, right? Yeah, because he was AWA until they shut down in like 90. Yeah. So then I, some, <clears throat> I, I think he showed up with the Freebirds maybe. Mm-hmm. At some point, a little bit, and like maybe late ninety, mm-hmm. so ninety, early ninety one, he's in WCW. I don't know if Vince would have been too keen on having a manager bigger than the wrestlers they're uh, representing. Yeah, well, I, was, mean, we have, I know was, we have Virgil out here, but that's leading to an angle. Here comes Brett, all pink, he's managing uh, <laughs> bad company. It's like Brett's favoring the left knee a little bit. I, I've always been a big DDP guy. I, I have him as bobblehead and the figure on my desk here at Elite. I got his legends. I'm a big DDP guy. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I would love to see how he fit in here. Well, I mean, he wasn't really figuring. He didn't really didn't wrestle yet. So that, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. it would have been kind of awkward. But, I don't know, throw him with. Who, who are we going to throw DDP with here in 1990? Who's he going to jump behind? 
Who's he going to manage? Who needs a manager? I guess I maybe mean, we'll see if someone comes out next. We'll we'll throw we'll throw we'll throw someone out as he comes out in this rumble as we're we're right in the thick of it here. I'm trying to think of who like would put I mean, that gimmick. I know he drove Wayne the, Ferris out. Yeah, you can't. There's the the fake the the uh, Calgary cousins Piper and Red Hart giving each other high fives there. <laughs> Mr. Fuji's got the cane. <laughs> maybe Mr. Perfect. Maybe, but. He was with Bobby. Right. So he's in the Heenan family. Could eat someone outrageous. And I'm trying to think who was outrageous that was a heel in 1990 WWF. Maybe a tag team, somebody. Unless the Rockers turned. Maybe if you the know, Rockers I'm turned. Actually, oh, the Ro- you know what? I like the Rockers, actually. You know, yeah. I'm thinking uh, Rick Martell, actually. With the, the model gimmick. And you can mm-hmm. have DDP as the, like the flamboyant manager type deal. With Martel, do the arrogance, all that. I think that would fit well. Nice. Maybe something with Greg Valentine. I know it's not outrageous, like you said, but Greg <laughs> Valentine's pretty much a fucking mute. You can just have DDP talk. <laughs> that had a little bit of appeal to a presentation, I think. Someone to help him in his feud with Ronnie Garvin in 1990 here. Yes, there you go. They had the match, yeah. They did the submission match. Who's coming out? Bad news. So we got Bad News Brown at number nine. Brett was eight. Anybody been eliminated here? Well, his match with Piper is no longer in existence on Peacock. So this is the last time we're going to see Piper and Bad News feud here. Well, this sets it up here. Yeah, this yeah. sets up that Mania 6 match. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. being fucking appalled at that as a kid. Like that. What? <laughs> What? I'm a little, I'm a little white kid on a dirt road in the country. I don't know anything about anything, but that seems racist. <laughs> Just a tad. That heard, feels, that doesn't feel right, right there. Yeah. You heard the story of what happened to him, that right, with that black yeah, paint. Yeah, airport and get it all off because Andre dumped out the solution and put water in it. <laughs> that's fantastic. And there's a uh, Jake getting eliminated by Savage. Wow, that's kind of like a little bit of a nonchalant for such a big star like Jake to kind of get tossed mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Although shaking hands. Yeah, being tossed by Savage is no joke. But you're right. I love those Savage tights, man. They're just really popping the ring. Yeah. And I like the he- I like the headband too. I know he was going mostly do-rag or um or, or crown at the time here. He wasn't quite cowboy hat yet. But I thought it was a different look for him, man. I thought it looked good. Okay. Is that be your... great in elite? Do we I don't I, I know I've had a figure podcast and this I should know, but I don't think I've ever seen that in figure form. No. I think the next big one is what that ultimate edition for the Mattel creations that's coming out for yeah. WrestleMania 10. I so I pretty much primarily buy just certain people now, and Macho mm-hmm. Man's one of them. And I didn't. I was in the process of a move whenever I saw the uh, last Ultimate Edition from like the '92 era, mm-hmm. like leading up to WrestleMania 8 with the white jacket with oh yeah. And I saw it at Target. I was like, I'll get it after we get settled in. It's just starting to hit. I never saw it again. And now it's expensive. That's how it goes. How it goes. Yeah, here comes Dusty and Sapphire. American Dream. Dusty is number dream, 10 baby. here. As, uh, as a kid, I loved Dusty in the WWF. I didn't, like, to me, I didn't think at all, like, Polka Dots was weird. I didn't think Sapphire was weird. I just loved Dusty Rhodes as, in the WWF. It didn't seem weird to me how they presented him. So, Steve, you were probably like me. It sounds like you were pretty much a WWF kid. Yeah. So... I wasn't very familiar with all the WCW stuff, all the NWA stuff, the bat, all the all the famous stuff that I grew to love as an adult. I wasn't aware of. 
as a mm-hmm. nine, ten year old kid here. So I, I'm like you. I thought Dusty was just cool. I didn't know anything about polka dots. I didn't know that any kind of thing. Now Barry, you were aware of all that stuff before this. What yeah. did you think about it? I w- I didn't mind. Dusty could get anything over. I mean, where they came with the vignettes, it was kind of silly. Like what? He's the all American pizza delivery guy. He's a plumber. He's mm-hmm. all the all the vignettes they were doing with him. He's coming out of the NWA where the Road Warriors spike him. They, you know, they spike his eye. He's going to lose his eye. He's, you know, I mean, he's bleeding every fucking match. I mean, it was a different style. And again, there's no internet. So you don't know, like, why the hell's Dusty, you know, what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. But he got it. He got it over and it was just a normal, you know, it's like, that's Dusty. <laughs> Cody just, Rhodes just, was on a podcast, I forgot, years ago, and, he was, and they asked him, point blank, do you think it was a rib on him with the polka dots? He goes, no, because I really think Vince just thought polka dots, you know, personality. He goes, I do think Sapphire was a rib. He goes, but I don't think the polka dots was at all. You know, and I, I, I believe that because I don't know Vince. I've never been around him, obviously, but I've seen his work. And some of it, here comes Andre with the not looking great here. Um, do you see some of the wildest outlandish ideas that seem to come from nowhere? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Listen, Vince McMahon is the greatest wrestling promoter this country has ever seen. And I think the wrestling business has ever fucking seen. And is everything going to be a banger? No. But, you know, Dusty got it over and we remember it. And we're talking about it today. Andre's just. He goes in there and just starts falling. He's just having people hold him up, which has to be a fucking chore for anybody trying to hold him up. The uh, the the hip toss. (laughs) The book that came out, the eighth one of the world that came out about a year and a half ago, can't recommend it enough if you're like a wrestling historian for uh, Andre stuff and information. It's just so good because it kind of takes all the legends of Andre stuff, all those like kind of like tall tales about him and kind of finds the true stories. And some of the true stories are crazier than like the fake ones. Mm-hmm. And he left WWF uh, at the end because he wanted to keep wrestling, and Vince was just like, "You can't, I cannot put you out there." So he left. He was mad at him. Well, yeah, and what is it? Not Rumble '91. He's on like the stilts. Uh, the yeah, no, uh, SummerSlam '91. Yeah, he comes yes. out with the crutches. Yeah, with that like Hawaiian shirt or whatever mm-hmm. it was he was wearing. And then he showed he up, sweat through it. Yeah, he showed up at Clash '20, mm-hmm. and. Just looked all, you know, and he passed away shortly thereafter. But man, he was. Did you watch the national? Um, what was it? Wrestling's treasure. The where yeah. they were hunting down Andre's, you know, the machine mask, and Sonny yeah. Ono had it. <laughs> yeah, and he was. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll sell it to you, but we're doing an auction." I mean, like, and he set up an auction, and they were. Mark Henry was pissed. Listen, rest, Mark Henry's a wrestler. He should know. He's dealing with carnies. Like he should have known better. Yeah. Yeah, but he was, like, I I can't even imagine how, how terrible of a person you got to be to piss Mark Henry off. <laughs> Speaking of outlandish fucking wild ideas for gimmicks, we just saw the Red Rooster cluck his way to the fucking ring. There he is. <laughs> Good for Terry Taylor for saying, if I'm be the rooster, I'm going to act like a fucking rooster. He <laughs> actually acted like yeah. a fucking rooster, right? His motherfucker was clucking his head on the way to the <laughs> ring. That's fantastic. Oh, no. Here it is. The bad news Piper angle. Here we yep, go. That sets it all. 
this is back when you would have what half half of WrestleMania be set up for the Royal Rumble, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last pay per view before it. And P- Piper's telling him right now, boy, do I have an idea for WrestleMania, kid? <laughs> yeah. Big and money. Matt is going, I'm going to kill you. I love it. Big money. This is like a blood feud that, that starts just because they eliminate each other at the Rumble. I always thought Bad News Brown was very underutilized. I always liked him. Yeah. Mm, I thought he, he always talked to, too goofy for me. But his facials, man, his, I mean, I, I always right. liked him as a kid. Yeah. His. His stuff in Stampede is insane. Like with Dynamite Kid, he he literally said, I've never really turned down ideas. He goes, but Dynamite wanted me to run him over with a car. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm suspended by the athletic commission. If I run you over with a car, they're going to kick me out of the country. Like, I can't. (laughs) And he's like, no, just do it. It'll draw money. (laughs) Didn't know you were going to get old Stampede stories tonight, did you, Steve? That's fine. Brett, does Brett own Stampede's catalog now? I think Brett does. Yeah, I don't know. Because for a while it was on the network, then it got pulled, and then a couple, like, random things were on there. So I think Brett owns it. Which is a shame. I wish someone else would it'd be out for everybody to watch. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's That's ways like to get Barry stuff. Complains, Barry's complained for years about uh, old Memphis not being able to have it. Well, if you go on high spots, you could buy like every like episode ever on DVD for like four dollars. <laughs> Steve, I've got all. Of them. I'm yeah, sure you do. All that's that's <laughs> available on DVD. There you go. From about eighty to hell ninety five. Just, so. just playing um, Monday Night Memories over and over again. Jimmy yeah, Hart singing it. He sent me copies. I can confirm he has them. I like it. What about what about the great Memphis angle, the macho warrior Rick Hogan? You have to educate me on that. Are you kidding? I, I don't recall. I don't know anything about that either, Barry. Just look it up. I'll just I'll just say that he's a USWA. Uh, the man wrestled in Portsmouth, Ohio. What's the um, name? What's the name? The macho warrior Rick Hogan. Uh, his he wrestled as the Tower of Doom in IWA Mid South. He was the first IWA Mid-South heavyweight champion. Oh, fuck. From Cincinnati, Ohio. (laughs) I think he's from Cincinnati. He's from Ohio. And you talk about a fucking weirdo. (laughs) Rip me off. Rip me off of a tape. I sent him a VHS. That's how long ago it was. And I was like, dude, it was 20 bucks. You could have got a lot more. Here's that Andre spot where he gets tied up in the ropes that he loves so much. Yeah. You have, have, you have Axe and Dusty working together. Andre, was, at one time, this rumble just a few minutes ago, was fighting on his knees. So he is not doing good here at all. No. Now you got to remind me, i got to send you a book here. So I had an author on, uh, Vinny Berry. He, he writes kind of uh, basically Texas wrestling, Southern wrestling book stuff. He sent us one, Lance by Chance. It's about Lance Von Erich, the fake Von Erich brother. Yeah. It's a really like kind of like off the wall. Like I did not know I needed to learn about this guy. So it's really killed, interesting. Uh, yeah, he killed the uh, when Chris or Mike died. Yeah. They brought him in and everyone knew he was not a Von Eric and that mm-hmm. pretty much fucking killed uh Dallas. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like I'm like, how has this guy's story never been told? And apparently he's kind of like a, a recluse. Or he doesn't want to be talked to, but he got him to, he fucking to killed. Chill. 
he killed the biggest fucking territory. I don't know if he time. killed it. But... He, because the Von Erics were the Von Erics in mm-hmm. Dallas, and yeah. Yeah. One of my my wife doesn't watch a lot of wrestling, obviously, but she will watch like Dark Side of the Ring here and there. Yeah. If it's on and she's up, up having wine with me or whatever. And we started the uh, the Von Erich episode. Oh. It starts off with Kevin Von Erich, you know, in the in the woods or whatever. And she's like, what happened to him? I'm like, just wait. She's <laughs> like, he looks rough. I'm like, just just wait. And by the end yeah. of the episode, she's like, they should leave that man alone. I'm like, yeah. They should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just let him be, right? He's in Hawaii. He's happy. It's, you want to sit in the woods with his bare feet? Just let him. I'm like, yeah, that's. It's wild, and and I don't even talk about it much, and I think Eric knows, but you know, a guy I know, like he knows I'm a wrestling fan, and he had all the newspaper articles of David's death, Man. and like the actual like deal from his funeral and all that, and like sent it to me, and it was you know crazy how the papers like he died of a heart attack he died of like they changed the story every day and he had and i actually have them but they're in they're in the vault i don't you know i'm not into that stuff like that that's that's just weird to have i guess here comes the other part of demolition smash mm-hmm. crusher cruise ship crush after haku came out there he is right there He's kind of got the Macho Man pants on. Yeah. <laughs> Except they're Capri's. Kind of similar look. No boots, barefoot, but. He's got the Macho Capri is... pants. I, I love that That's smash. I know the stories. I've heard stories over the years of shooting interviews about Haku. I look at it now in like a whole different light as I did when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. he will just literally eat someone's face. And it's That's like, gotta be a weird thing. demolition's being very careful with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so actually, Axe. His name is uh, Bill Eady, was a high school teacher up here at Cambridge, Ohio. Yep. Which is like an hour away from where I am right now, like in between where I grew up in Columbus, kind of like an hour away. So Don't Cambridge shellfish. Can't have shellfish, I actually, know a couple people, I actually know a couple people who like, who he was their teacher. They're going to know him as Mr. Eady. It's funny. Mr. Eady. Small world. Yeah, the Mongols. Old Beepo. What's when I was a kid, I was a bigger Demolition fan than LOD. And when LOD came, I thought LOD was a ripoff of Demolition, which obviously wasn't the case at all. But I don't know why. I was like, oh, who are these jabronis with face paint on, just like Axe and Smash? See, I was the same way, Steve, because I think that's just a product of us being WWF kids and not turn on the other channel. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I would have now. (laughs) I wish young Eric was more open minded. Now, Barry, what did you see when you saw Demolition? Because you were familiar. With the road yeah, we I knew, yeah, and well, uh, Randy Colley being the original Smash for like a week, two weeks, they changed that shit out quick because Bill Eady did not want. He was like, "This is supposed to be it, where nobody knows who it is, and everybody knows who that is." There it is. <laughs> the jive Here comes soul, the King to the dance. There he is. Jive Here comes soul, Conrad bro. Thompson to the ring. Here comes Crusher Broomfield. A fucking IWA uh, fucking Macho Man started him. Old Crusher Broomfield there. Macho Man's dad. Um, But yeah, you knew Darso because of like the Russian gimmick and shit. Mm -hmm. And he was in Mid-South and whatnot. Um, But they were 
miles ahead worker wise than LOD. <laughs> LOD was oh my God. There goes very carefully put Andre out. Yep. Yeah. Big pop for that, by the way, from the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Andre still meant something in 1990. He did. And this is back, of course, you know, get, you gotta get the biggest guy out of the Rumble, which I'm sure that was being hyped up and talked about, you know, and they worked to get him out. So Andre was probably back then, I mean, the obvious favorite in any Battle Royal situation he was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that from a fan's perspective? The fact, the big fact guy was always how we gonna, how we going to get him out. And one time it didn't work with Yokozuna. But every other time yeah. they figured it out. God, they pushed that with Big Show for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. After we record with this, Eric and I are going to do our Royal Rumble 2000 show, and that's got a big Big Show rock moment at the end of that pay per view. Yeah. That's uh, MSG, right? Matt, yes. Um, yep. yep. The short rock entryway and, and everything. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Triple H Mankind. Yeah, Cactus Jack. Beast, beast of it, a match. And that's a big difference too. We'll talk about it, like. The transformation from Mankind to Cactus Jack was a thing, which is hilarious when you think about mm-hmm. it, but it was a thing. So smart, right? So mm-hmm. smart. Like, I'm going to break into this persona because I got to do this thing, and I got to do this thing, so I'm going to take this approach with it. I, it. It's very, like, pro wrestling, but great. Mm-hmm. Here comes a murder to the ring. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, see, I did one time. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? Poor Superfly. Yeah, he got, to work, he got to work the circuit with Mr. Perfect when uh, he first got there. He got was to get it? perfect. He got to work uh, get perfect plexed all around the country. Was he's it like, really slowing. He's really slowing down here at this point, though, right, Barry? This is when it starts to like. Well, well but, but first he uh, ECW champions right there, dog. Jimmy Snuka. Eastern champion. Huh? Stuka's juice to the gills here. I mean, he's going to yeah. burst if someone hits him with a pin. A pin cushion, he's done. So you got to figure that back then you could probably time it up pretty good, right? You only have four big pay-per-views a year, so you get your cycles in order. Dr. Zaharian is uh, very prevalent here backstage. Yes. Pre-steroid trial. Right. Mm-hmm. The boys want their candy. That's well. why I saw that thing. I saw that thing going around the internet like, it had a Vader and Sid and Sid Vicious, and then Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy. I said, "Yeah, what happened to pro wrestling?" And I was like, "Well, a, a steroid trial happened." <laughs> like, and two of those guys <laughs> in that picture are dead. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just I mean, to me, like subjective taste, things evolve, right? Like just it's how. It works. Well, yeah, but Sid's six foot nine, and Vader's <laughs> six four, six five. I mean, and then you throw Orange. You know what I mean? The I know Jamie. Yeah. Last I mean, memory I have of Vader. Some of the big guys in there. Last memory Plus, of Vader. We, 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 we take extreme things and make examples out of it to prove our point, right? Yeah. Right. In the WWF, what was his last thing? Giving a promo saying, maybe I'm a fat piece of shit. <laughs> Vader, <Yeah>. poor Vader. <laughs> yeah, Dina. Sean broke him, man. That sucked how that all worked out because I was excited for Vader in the WWF. Here comes Dino. Um, got a nice little operation on the side going. So funny story. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that's a profitable thing. It's nice to know he has other interests outside of pro wrestling. He didn't put all his eggs in one basket. We were watching this Rumble years ago with my friends, and Rumble is the one pay per view I think everyone in a year can have non wrestling friends over and they yeah. can enjoy it and have drinks, whatever. So we watched whatever Rumble it was, and I'm like, you want to watch an old one? I'm like, yeah. 
so we were watching this one and we were everyone's a few drinks in it's been a few hours and Dino Bravo came out and I was like, oh, he's dead. And like, what happened? I go, well, he got murdered selling illegal cigarettes. And there was a pause. My buddy goes, well, at least he died doing what he loved. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, watching hockey in his recliner. Got shot like 44 times. Isn't it funny, though? Like uh, us as wrestling fans, when we watch like these shows with like, I call them normal people, people who aren't wrestling fans, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we say things like that so like nonchalant. And we, it's always some wild story with these dudes and yeah. people who aren't wrestling look at us like, what the fuck did you just say? That happens yeah. all the time to me. Well, that's Rest. like the, with, with Brody. When, yeah. when people are like the fake and you're like, no, he got stabbed to death in a bathroom, in a locker room mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico. And they're like, what? What, mm-hmm. do you, what do you mean? It's like, yeah. Just, at the end of the day, as I always joke, uh, no matter how many times Vince wants to call themselves entertainment and global and brand, I don't care how many, you know, presentations you give at the end of the day wrestling is a carnival that comes to town unloads yes. its stuff the freaks get out perform on load back up and go to the next town exactly and i love wrestling more than anything but it is a carnival and it'll always be a carnival and that's all yeah, the regular you, people think of it as just because you change some of the verbiage for tax reasons yeah, doesn't exactly. change like what we're watching yeah. right here comes, comes the earthquake. earthquake john tenta when did a he get rid of the, the Canadian flag? Do you think Vince made him get rid of the Canadian flag on his, his uh, singlet there? Uh, once Dino got fucking lit up, I'd say <laughs> that was the end of the Canadian references. <laughs> once Dino got lit up. <laughs> yeah, that was about the end of the Canadian references there. I better take well, this off. Also too, you, th- you know, you throw, on a flag, you throw a flag on a guy who's not United States and he's a heel, right? Because, oh, there goes Dusty. You know, because we're, we're nationalists at this point. Sure, <laughs> sure. We're getting ready for the Gulf War, Eric. You settle down. I that, 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 I could do a whole show. I could do a whole drunk fucking... rant show on that. What I think about that. <laughs> on the George H. W. Bush administration, like what are you talking about here? No, it's the whole like Sergeant <laughs> Slaughter deal. Like it's yeah. wildly hilarious and dumb, and a, such a poor taste and a bad idea. But it's so rustling and carny at the same time mm-hmm. like it's beautifully tragically great but horrible like <laughs> yeah for sure for sure like that would never can you imagine them trying to do this, something like that today no i couldn't imagine 20 years ago well what's old boy's name that they tried that the flag and he was doing the like the, the cap- yeah but that I mean, was like 2005 it's a long yeah. time ago not yeah. that far removed from 9-11 and people were like, no, too soon. Yeah. No, 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 no. Lord, Lord, Lord. We're going to kill Lord. him. <laughs> they, had the, they had the dudes come out in the black ski masks and shit. Oh, yeah. Like, remember, yeah. remember that? Yeah. And that was like the day of the London like train yes. bombing. Yes. And then they claim, oh, I remember that because I remember they claimed that, oh, it was shot beforehand, but SmackDown was taped, so you didn't need to air it. But they did it anyway. Anvil running the ring, throwing his fists. Well, that's like Vince getting blew up in the limo, and then you know Benoit mm-hmm. takes everybody out, and then hey, pals. what a Vince. Vince what a, is like, I'm back. It's what a uh, sensitive way of putting that, Barry. And Benoit just took everybody out. 
<laughs> well, you know, Steve, this is what this podcast has become. Apparently. <laughs> we have de- we have devolved to a point where like all empathy and sensitivity is just out the fucking window now. We've watched too much wrestling and talk about, about too much shit that it's just all just natural. These a- these assholes that put like a admit it, Benoit belongs in the Hall of Fame for wrestling oh, only. It's God. like shut up. So brutal. Well, it's like right? Barry Bonds belongs in the Hall of Fame. No, not the same at for all, but, but like <laughs> Listen, Barry Bonds killed more baseballs than any human alive. He deserves to be in. Steve's point, I feel like some people need to like back up and be like, dude, there is some things bigger than professional wrestling. And right. like his matches and stuff, like I get you can go back and watch the matches. If you can enjoy them, that's fine. Yeah, I, can't yeah. I mean, he not listen, about what he did. Yeah, Chris Benoit in ring is one of the fucking finest performers you can ever fucking have. You could ever see outside of the ring. It sounds like, and other people have said he's a fucking demon. Yeah, I wonder what what gave that away. Probably him murdering his child. Yeah, I mean OJ Simpson was a good running back too. <laughs> hey, if other? I would have done it, how many? If he's still looking out. for him, if I still, I would have done it. Yeah. I can't. I, I felt horrible today because I sent my wife a fucking video of uh, Brittany Mahomes spraying champagne on the fans. I'm sure you guys both saw it on Twitter today. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a cut to the video of OJ being like, hey, everybody, it's OJ Mahomes. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. no Crowd is going ape shit for the warrior here. You can tell, yes. like, okay, Vince is like, oh, well, shit, pal. We know, where, we know the direction we're going. He is no. the most over guy in professional wrestling at this point. Am, am I wrong in saying that? No, no. I, uh, Him and Hogan were neck and neck. I mean, it's right that Hogan might be the only debate, Steve, unless you can think of somebody else. Yeah, no, it's him and Hogan, definitely. I don't think anyone's really close, but I think, when I forget when I was looking back at whatever wrestling show you we were talking about, when the Hogan Warrior thing, I guarantee, like, now it's kind of like, a the the younger kids like the 20 year olds thought okay warrior's the cool, new cool guy he's our guy hogan sucks whereas the kids and the older fans are still with hogan i think that's what was going on here yeah i mean i was a kid i was nine years old all i saw was tassels and neon and wild promos and the mm-hmm. body and the physique you know what i mean i was like that's my guy like that's i was obviously a big obviously a macho man guy all the time as a kid that start where the Hogan despise started was that. So I was always, even the Macho King days, I was still probably making excuses for him. Mm-hmm. But I knew that this guy was a new up and coming guy, and he was going to be the WWF champion. That's where the company was going to go in my mind. He was the next guy. Because we're entering the '90s, we're leaving the '80s, the Hogan era. But did you even in your wildest dreams, either of you guys? Because again, I was I was watching pretty much right after their their title match around. But I could have never even imagined that they would do a Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior match. Like it wouldn't even cross my mind. Yeah. No. Face versus was, face. Yeah. I think that was the appeal to me as a kid sure. was the good guy versus good guy. That it was so far removed from like what we're used to seeing, right? Mm-hmm. And that and the fans were kind of split down the middle and you kind of picked a side and that was cool. And I think that's to me, that was the appeal of it. And because that they don't do it that often with face versus face and yeah, it was dope. Here's the model. Oh, look at me. Yes. Yes. Look at me. Fucking my worker dad. right there. What I was going to say, Barry, was he underutilized in WWF? Oh, yeah. He was in, a, he was in the semi-main program for pretty much his whole run. Was he? 
he was in a big feud with Jake. He, he was never in a big had feud a with, title. It he doesn't never, matter. But but the only well, people that had, had titles, tag were, titles with Strike Force. Um, once that happened, I mean, he did the blind, you know, the blinded angle with Jake. Yeah. I mean, he had eh. a feud with Shawn Mike again, semi-main because Hulk, during Hogan's time, it was pretty much Hulk is who you got and, yeah. and as the champion, and they ran through the big fat guy heels. Yeah. And giants. I so would argue second that it wasn't really good. semi-main, but he made it so good. Him and the other yeah, guys he, made it good that yeah, it turned it into what you're calling. Because like you had Rick, you had Rick Rude there as the mm-hmm. IC title with the Warrior, building him up. Then Mr. Perfect uh, and Bret Hart. I mean, Ma, I don't know if Model was there, but he was de- he was definitely above feature, a feature feature program. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was definitely above a mid card guy. Yeah, because he was. He, he had the Shawn Michaels feud later in his career. He had that was a heel versus heel feud, which is kind of unique for the time. And of course, the legendary Tito Santana versus Martel feud, which just never ends, which is amazing. (laughs) Don't call me Chico. Name of I'm in the minority. I love the Target Tito figure, by the way. Loved it. I think everybody did. Did wasn't that the that was so wasn't it so overpacked because it replaced a Hogan? They pulled Hogan from that line. Yeah, and then it ended up being like going clean. I got mine for like five dollars. Speaking like, of Target, you know, Target, yeah, there he is, Ariba. He's fucking soon to be El Matador. Mm, pretty soon. Yep. Yeah, pretty soon. No, I mean you got to remember this is the beginning of ninety. This is like January, yep. so we're pretty much still in eighty nine. Yeah. So Bruce Bruce just talked about they they at one time considered grooming him for the big belt or at least a run with other belts. Is this around this time? He think? he remember he uh, wrestled perfect in the was it the finals of the IC tournament? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Tito was still getting uh, getting a push here. Yeah, I gotta think that at the time when this company's thinking about expanding more globally, that you know somebody like Tito Santana might benefit them in outside markets. I got I figure, feel like he, I probably so that. Tito talked about in his book. I mentioned, I joked, it's, it's literally called Don't Call Me Chico, the Tito Santana yeah. story, which is hilarious. But he talked about how around this time, pretty much all through 90, he felt, I'm not doing anything. I, I kind of want to leave. And then Vince kind of pulled him aside and said, we got plans for you. First, you're going to be in this Ultimate Survivor match at, at Survivor Series 90. So he's with Warrior and Hogan in the main event. Yep. And, and he goes, he and does we're gonna, the forearm and eliminates Warlord. Yeah. And then we're going to trans, and then you're going to get, we're going to do a new character. We're going to put a lot of money into it. And he talks, he goes, we went to Spain. We did all these, you know, vignettes, but it just, it didn't work. It didn't work out, but yeah. they did try to push him. It just didn't work out how they planned. Yeah. And he was a huge star in the eighties. I mean, like the, the IC title uh, matches with Valentine the matches he uh, the match with Macho Man where he dropped the title, then they went around in the rematches. Then he jumped in with Strike Force. I mean, Tito I was, Strike Force was great. Yeah, yeah, and that was because of uh, Eric's boy Tom Zink. He was a dick. <laughs> he was a dick. <laughs> and Rick Martel's like, he's got to go, Vince. And Speaking they of here dicks, Wayne Ferris. What a guy! Here comes the honky tonk man. man. He's uh, number 24. Go ahead. He's had a few. Uh, one guy I know had a, a pretty shitty autograph experience with him where he was like, how much for an autograph? And he was like, I don't know, 25 bucks or whatever. And he's like, do you make it out to my name? And he's like, two, 
you know, his name. And then Hockey charged him without telling him till after he did it, an extra 20 for writing his own to, to the personalization. Carny shit. Hey man. I would have been like it. honky. You better just keep that picture, brother. <laughs> it was a figure. I, I'd be like, keep it. <laughs> Everything's negotiable. Oh, there goes Jim. The anvil, that is. I was a big Heart Foundation kid, by the way. Yeah. I, I've been in on oh, Red yeah. Heart since like, I started watching wrestling. And I was a when, big Heart Foundation kid. When the Nasty time. Boys beat them at WrestleMania 7, you could, I would have never, ever guessed it that the Nasty Boys would lose no. the Heart Foundation. And then we're just limited Ted DiBiase to a really big pop. And Ted DiBiase lasted uh, 44 minutes and 47 seconds. Um, so he, he was what we call, me and Barry called for the worker, right? The guy who goes a long time. Yeah. He, he gets the night off the next year. He's the first one eliminated at number right. <laughs> Was it <laughs> Davy Boy or something? Yeah. yeah he was, was, Ted yeah. was one. Davy was two. Or whatever it was. Yeah, and he eliminates him. Davy Boy eliminates him. This is a really good rumble. It's just the yeah. star power in here. There's no, yeah. even the tag team guys are big stars. Well, mm-hmm. and just what it sets up, I'm, you know, like everything's setting up for WrestleMania six. Like you had demolition, throw out Andre, the colossal connection. You got Piper and bad news. You're going to get, you know, the ending here, of course. Well, close to the ending here. I mean, here's my guy, Hulkster. Here comes brother, brother. Look at the, I mean, I think the crowds will just, a, they were a little more excited for warrior. They're pumped I here for think, Hulk. I, I think we're starting to see a, a change here, right? And this is when you have the young kids, the crowd's getting a little more split. And like you said earlier, the people who were probably longer WF fans were more in on Hogan, whereas mm-hmm. a young Eric Brown in the stands, for instance, or a young Steve Fountains in the stands, for instance, might have had our warrior tassels on. I I don't I don't recall who because I remember I was what I remember I watched WrestleMania six. I don't remember if it was right after or I went to the tape or whatever. But I know I didn't know who won. So I forgot mm. who I was cheering for. Hulk with the big boot, eliminated a Tongan. Oh, back in the day when, like, if you didn't watch the pay-per-view, all you had to do was pretty much, like, avoid the magazines and you could mm-hmm. rent it and it'd be fresh to you. And hope your well, video store ordered the tape. Well, yeah. that and primetime wrestling, you'd have to watch primetime yeah. mm-hmm. to get the rundown. I was set up in my little small town of Sio, Ohio, that I had a video store there that actually carried all the wrestling. I told Steve when I was on this show, I had the, t- the two VCR set up, so I was making copies of everything I rented. So, yeah, it was that was I was very fortunate. It was a while before I did the copying of tapes thing. Um, I really liked the experience of going to the video store, so it never really occurred to me. It wasn't until I think junior high when my buddy and I would run our bikes to different video stores and that, that we would make the copies of the tapes. Barry, uh, now this is 1990. You're eight years old. Are you getting your hands on tapes yet? No, no. I'm well, so my uncle, drunk uncle there, he would record, he would VHS record every, um, the, the NWA main event, uh, Clash of Champions, Primetime Wrestling, all those. I mean, he had a laundry list of tapes. And then finally, when I got about 13 or 14, I was like, let me have your tapes. (laughs) And he's like 50 then, you know, 40, 50. And he actually gave them to me. So I had 
and still do in, in the closet. They're all original recordings. Right. Here we um, go. So hold on. I got to interrupt you, Barry, because this is the moment right here. Yeah. Warrior and Hogan are staring at each other. Look at the crowd. Everybody is starting to stand up. Look at this. Yeah, so Warrior and Hogan clean out the ring. It's just those two in the ring. And this is what everyone wanted to see. What would it look like, right? If mm-hmm. Hogan and Warrior actually touched in the ring. Because they and were the Vince, two guys. One's the world champion. One's the intercontinental champion. What's this going to be? This is great, Steve. This is insane. Vince says we can fill the sky down. Pal. Look at yeah. this. Uh, now they're chest to chest. Push Warrior. Push for Hogan. Hogan, shoulder block. Warrior doesn't move. Hogan pushes Warrior. Shoulder blocks Hogan. Hogan doesn't move. Look at the crowd on pins and needles. I know what happens when I'm on pins and needles here. This is so great. Then we start the awkward crisscross. But it's just a stalemate because both guys, like, you're not going to – what they both do is they outpowered everybody, and now they can't outpower Oh, double clothesline. And that's a double clothesline spot. This is fucking fantastic. Heenan's even staying out here for this. He doesn't have a wrestler in the ring. Why is he even out here? Well, because Mr. Perfect's coming. He's number 30, though. I think we knew that beforehand. Well, yeah, yeah we but, did. Yeah. but I'm saying Heenan manages him, so he's not making that walk to the back. Sure, you don't want to do that. Oof. There's Danny Davis, fresh off his WrestleMania three victory. <laughs> Dangerous Danny <laughs> Davis. Who's going to come out here? You got the Bulgarian. <laughs> One of the powers of pain. The true ripoff of the Road Warriors. Yes. And he is gassed to the gills. Mm-hmm. One of the he most dangerous moved. humans on the roster. I met when his I met him. His triceps just always touch. I met him at Starcast. He didn't know how to hold a paint pen and crushed it as hard as he could. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Did awesome. Did you say anything to him about breaking your pen? I just laughed. Yeah. Well, he actually helped me out because Kevin Sullivan was also there. We met the Faces of Fear at WCW, and. Uh, nice. Kevin Sullivan also was maybe had like six or 17 beers when he was doing the signing. Beautiful. And he like, first he tried to use a Sharpie and I was like, no, use this. And like he, Kevin Sullivan looked at it. Like I gave him like a dick or something. He was like, what? And the barbarian's like, he wants you to use his pen, brother. So Rick Rude's out here. There Where he did is. he come from? Did he come? I think Rude jumped out early. Rick Rude just came out at 28. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there was no countdown. There was no he, countdown for it. He just came in the ring. So but I was having trouble with the clock here. <laughs> and I, you know what? Let me see here. Because I think there was an issue with, with time. Okay. So let me look at the time here. Yeah. So I have times for the buzzers here. Barbarian came out. Everything's around two minutes here. Two minutes. Bar- Shawn Michaels, 206. Barbarian, 151. Rick Rude, 51 seconds. For whatever reason. So and then they decided the- that was too extreme. So number well, 27, which would be 28, whatever, was... um. Hercules at two minutes and 21 seconds. Maybe Hulk. Well, I don't know if he him. ran out too soon. If Bruce sent him out too quick, what happened there? But I think clear. Hulk Hulk went to Rick Rude and said, listen, brother, I'm going to pose at the end. I want an extra minute. So just get early, brother. It's cool. If they ask why, just tell him Terry says it's cool. I can see how to run about Hulk, brother. Yep. Brood's lean and mean here. He's just not an ounce of fat on him. Every time I see him, I think about the stories that he would knock out people with an open-handed slap. And how fucking this human must have had bricks for hands to be able to do well, that. He was an arm wrestling champion. He looks That's like an arm wrestling champion with his and anchor Rick, tattoo. Rick Steiner has like the funniest fucking story where they would like just go to the bars and 
And he's like, you get all these drunk guys that want to arm wrestle Rude, who's the smaller of all of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, and Rude would just absolutely, and Perfect would antagonize the guys to get them to, you know, bet money and all this shit. And he's like, Rude would just fucking smash them. <laughs> like, and Warrior just got eliminated by Hogan. Yep. In a way. From behind. Because Barbarian, they were, st- Rude were, we're kind of holding him over. Hogan comes out with a double clothesline, tries to eliminate everybody, but just eliminates Warrior. Warrior oh. loses his shit, comes in, clotheslines people, and runs out of the fucking ring. Two years later, Hulk would be a little bitch about someone doing the exact same thing to him. Never Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> I've been screaming that for years. What did, what did he think Sid was going to do? Just let him win? It was for well, the betterment of the company for Rick to get the dub. Here comes here Hercules. Comes just, here comes, sponsored by Dr. Zahorian himself, Hercules. Right. Coming you can see him. he's got a needle still sticking out of the back of his tights. Needle out of his ass. He's He's got tan lines on his armpits because he's so goddamn big. He couldn't fit in the tanning bed all the way. <laughs> tan lines on the Jesus. armpits. He That's was a, on, like, I think he was on, like, the like the Hulkamania era. He, mm-hmm. he was on, like, every pay-per-view, I want to say, though. Yeah. Well, when he first got there, they, he worked Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday I know, uh, night's main event. A little shout out to the OSW Old School Wrestling Review Boys. I, I got I got hip on those guys years ago. I, if you guys can find them on the internet, I think they've been blackballed from YouTube. But if you can find them anywhere, listen to them. But they actually do watch-alongs and very fantastic edits and everything with all the Hulkamania era pay-per-views. And he was that was one of the talking points was, here's Hercules again. Here's Hercules again. So... Good for him for keep, keeping checks rolling in. Well, he, uh, was it, Power and Glory is yeah. coming here within a year. Paul Roma. Hogan's mm-hmm. extension is just looking like shit. He doesn't have extensions here. <laughs> what? That's just, that's not extensions. That's his just his... He's got small extensions back there. No, he does not. Not in 1990. Yeah. He's got the sew in. He's got the sew in. No, he yeah. does not crazy <laughs> talking shit about terry <laughs> i know <laughs> then we got a hogan defender here on the at least on, well, on i think hogan. it's the first time ever we've had a hogan defender on this podcast it's fantastic we've we've been known to have bad internet steve that's fair don't get don't <laughs> don't get comfortable that's fair that's fair hey make sure you drip your faucets tonight barry i got all mine dripping so the pipes don't freeze all right here that we sounds- go Coming out here. Gonna be. Number 30. We already talked about predetermined. This is Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. Fucking worker. By the way, I didn't know his retrofest is going for like $85. Yeah, absolutely it is. He's a fucking worker. Yeah, but like it was like four bucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's amazing how that shit works out. And you can never really I'm in the process guess. of selling a lot of my figures too. So I I get it. Like I, I'll go see what something's worth on eBay. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. That's worth sixty bucks. I'm like, all right, let's yeah. move it. Sold. It's it's worth what people are willing to pay. That's whatever all this exactly. stuff. Exactly, exactly. You know, and it's weird to me is sometimes some of the stuff is more expensive on eBay than it is on like a Ringside Collectibles. A lot of people just won't buy from Ringside. I know that it's crazy. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have tremendous mm-hmm. shipping. Mm-hmm. There's reasons. It's unreal. There's, there's like, plenty of reasons they, why. Use code DTF and you will pay 35% more <laughs> because we absolutely dog walk them or used to. 
But then yeah, I was just kinda... like, people are so fucking stupid if they keep buying from them that you just support the hustle then. Well, I mean, I don't I don't get mad at their prices. I mean, they're not they're not a retail store. They can charge whatever they want. Right. Right. Um, they've gotten better at packaging, I think. The issue I have with them is they're called ringside collectibles. And sometimes their packaging was garbage. And then mm-hmm. they'd get all pissy when you'd call them out on it. That was my thing, too, was I had a couple issues with them, then a couple of customer service issues that were a little more difficult than they had to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm on with you. Like, I would think that like a website like that, that is catering to people like us who I know, Steve, you're a big MOC guy, too. You, you kind of mix it in both, right? Yeah. So you're kind of like me. I have a, a mixture of both. But certain things I want at, MOC, if they come not MOC or missing things or a beat up box, like I like, hey, man, this is not what I paid for. It's not why I bought it. But if you want to charge more for better packaging, do it. That's what Big Bad Toy Store does. They have exactly. different shipping options. It's like regular collectors and like ultimate collectors shipping options. Last two years. This is like a Saturday night's main event, main event here with Hogan versus Mr. Perfect. Now, 90, I'm sorry, is uh, Steve, I, I, I should know this. Is this the one that Perfect allegedly was supposed to win? No, I don't think so. Or is that was 89? I mean, it would make sense it'd be 89. Because he had the perfect record still and everything. Yeah. Right. Although he still does going into WrestleMania 6, I believe, because he loses to Brutus. WrestleMania 6, right? That's his first official loss. That's always been the rumors. He's just to win one of these Rumbles, and Hogan was like, nah, that doesn't that doesn't work yeah, for me. I don't, I don't think it would make for sense me, for the champ. That wouldn't make sense for the champion to lose the Rumble here. You could really make somebody here, though, if you throw him over the top rope. If, you throw, Hogan, if you throw Hogan over the top rope, you could really make... Put him on a different level, I think. Hulk says, fuck your finish. I'm hulking up. Yeah. Instead, Hulk's going to no-sell the finish and That's okay. do what he does. And I don't care. Perfect plex. I love it. Listen, that was stupid on perfect. What is he going to do with a perfect plex in the Royal Rumble match? It Thank takes you. It That's out actually of a very good point. Takes it out of you. It, it's, probably, it's probably harder for Mr. Perfect than Hogan to get 303 pounds of big, sweaty, beefy Hogan up. That's like, Steve, we don't have like, time. We don't have time for your logic over here. Listen, <laughs> perfect <laughs> selling. Got time for your shit. Perfect is selling like a crazy man. There he goes. Like a bump, like an absolute boss all the time. It's almost oh, like oh, there he goes. That the claw isn't a devastating finisher. The claw is not a devastating finish. When we all know it is. It's not. I guess it depends how strong your grip is. Right. I can kick you in the nuts and break the claw. Uh, because your cranium will be crushing in at the temples, and you'll be like devastated. Hulk like, what? Grabs. How poor of an athlete do you think somebody has to be to like let that happen? To like the reactionary, be like, oh, kicking the balls, kicking the shin. Have, kicking have the you knees. seen Fritz von Eric? No, have not. Isn't he dead? I mean, He's currently he, dead. He is, but he was like eighty. I would take him out. Look at Hulk. Hulk took a bandana from someone in the crowd that made it. That bandana he was holding up, the Hulk will live forever, not bandana, like banner, is hanging up at his beach shop in Orlando. So he got a hold of that somehow, or, the, or a fan donated it or something. So that's kind of cool. I bet he's got a quite interesting collection of a lot of different things in his house that we actually don't really see in the <laughs> beach house. <laughs> he's got the Grand Wizard hood. Like he's right. some, that's aggressive. Some, some sheet decor. You know, well, his, his, his current thing out. is he thinks Sidney Portier and Betty White died from the uh, I'm using air quotes here jab. So that's that's his that's his current crusade. Yeah, he's only Hulk only takes jabs that are have steroids in them. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I wasn't going to say it, but the Hogan fan did. I mean, that's Steve, very... 
Yeah. Not very polite, Steve. That's me. Amazing Royal Rumble. It was fun, right? This was so this was so fun. I had so much fun doing this show, man. This is yeah, this was a trip down memory lane. And we like having different guests on here for the show just because it's it's fun for us. Yeah. That's kind of what what we want to do now. So thank you so much, dude. This was yeah, I'm glad I had this idea, but you brought so much to the show, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, I know we talked about it before, but we gotta do. We're you know you guys do it a lot, but there's gotta be more like podcast crossovers and special episodes and all that stuff. So it's it's fun to do for sure. I always like listening to different guests on different shows, and or, you know Breaker does his you know it's fake right where he's got like everybody on at some right. point, but it's fun to do these like crossover fun shows for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm terrible about this, and Barry always yells at me. So before I forget. Steve, plug everything you have. My cash app is at Steve Fono. There um, it is. Won't offend him with cash. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> really quick, you could follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. If you're following Doing the Favor, I'm sure you're following us. It's all the same stuff, same group, same fun, positive wrestling chatter. Thinking like the little like unofficial wrestling like circle podcasting roll in. If someone's a dick, they're kind of kicked out pretty quickly. But yeah. uh, PPW Podcast, and you can find all of our shows for free just search positively pro wrestling podcast on your favorite app for fun nostalgic wrestling chatter for you and it's free and it's fun and what are you guys doing this week for your royal rumble yeah so eric and i uh my co-host eric who's been out for about a month now just with personal family stuff he's back tonight and we're going to record a look back at the 2000 royal rumble then on friday for fun we're going to do a watch along of the corporate Royal Rumble that was on Raw in 1999, which I haven't seen in like a decade. So I can't wait to watch that. That's going to be fun. I definitely can't wait for that. You know what? You know, I love watch along. So that's, mm-hmm. I definitely Me too. Like, if you if you guys have a podcast that doesn't watch along, chances are I am listening to it, watching it and getting getting drunk, having wine and enjoying it. <laughs> Classic. So I, I really enjoy the watch alongs. Like a gentleman. So thanks, guys, for having me on. It was super fun. Absolutely. absolutely. Good to have you on, Steve. Here's some shout-outs, Barry. Um, absolutely, I sure will. I appreciate that, you know, Steve came on tonight representing the PPW podcast. Uh, as he mentioned, if you're a dick, you usually, you know, get kicked out fairly quickly. I don't know how I've managed to hold on so long, but I'm here. Uh, Shout-out to Cleaner, our security force. Uh, shout out to all the Ohio players, you know, too many to name. Sammy Evans is out in these streets texting me every morning, making sure I'm doing well. Dobro with 38 trillion followers. The man, the positivity that he brings. Uh, Ethan, special shout out to Ethan. Uh, he knows why. Uh, wishing you all the best, buddy. And, uh, Breaker and Bane, a uh, new Bill Benus episode dropped. I mean, are you shitting me? New season? I saw it. So, Eric, do your shout outs, bro. Yeah, I did um, see uh, here Bill Benus, uh, David Schultz, somebody today. Okay. So that, was pretty, that was pretty fun to hear. Um, Jeff and Scott are fully posable. Obviously, we see all the good things about them. Chris and Rucker over at Chris and Rucker. Chris and Marty yeah. over at Boots in the Face. Chris Rucker, obviously, our guy. Uh, Drew and Caitlin over at Tales from the Estate. Check them out. All the Ohio players. Too many to name. Ty, Candace. I'm going to try. Uh, Greco, Baker, Tara. Travis Fowler. So 
Travis Fowler, Justin. I was getting to the TV toy cast. Travis oh. and, and Breaker with TV toy cast. Breaker and Bane over the Power Hour. Breaker has like eight podcasts. It's tough for me to keep up right now. And how can he find so many people to fucking carry him is the real mystery. <laughs> I mean, my God. Uh, shout out Bill Benis, the true legend of this podcast game. He might be the best to ever do it. So shout out him. And everyone who listens to us, supports us, Sammy Evans, Dobro, Cleaner, like he said. And thank you guys all so much for listening and supporting us. We, uh, we really enjoy doing this. Absolutely. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter. At BFrost28. That's the actual handle this week. Didn't have too many hot takes. Nobody wanted to tell me. So, Eric, drop the credentials, sir. Steve, he actually fucked up his own Twitter handle last week. It was amazing. <laughs> well, um, there, that, there was some hot takes, and some people probably were going to try to assault me, but so I have a fake handle. It's fine. <laughs> Some poor and again, guy. thank you so and again, thank you so much, Steve, for coming on. I had a hell of a time. We gotta do this again. Follow me on Twitter at Eric Brown740, but always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at doing a favor. Thank you guys all so 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 much. Absolutely. And with that, good night and God bless. Yeah. Peace. It goes one, two, three into the foe. Erica Barrier up with ETF and that's for show. If you don't come correct, you get your ass full. So take a minute and chill until the next episode. Doing the favor, always bringing the heat. That's why Barry got your girl doing legwork in the sheets. My dude Eric holding down for the streets. Them Ohio players got the ears to the beat. Gotta say that we appreciate the time Whether you're on the job or trying to unwind Just a few more days until we're back live Shit, we'll be your lifeline I know you feel me on the mic with the flavor Let it marinate in something to savor We ball so hard, this is a layoff Until the next time, doing the favor Yeah, doing the favor Doing the favor. Uh, doing the favor. Until next time, doing the favor.